Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Corey here, welcoming you to another edition of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Thanks so much for listening, and before I get into the stories, as always, please note that if you are interested in reading more about anything I'm about to share, you can head over to blog.lgbthealthlink.org, where we have a written version of the roundup that includes links to all the stories. So without further ado, our first story of the week is Prep Reduces Anxiety. Researchers found that gay and bisexual men who used PrEP had lower levels of HIV-related anxiety than did queer men who were eligible for PrEP but declined to use it. PrEP, as you probably know, is the HIV uh, prevention treatment, which has been growing a lot more popular in the past couple years, um, but still is generally thought to be uh, not used by many people who could stand to benefit from it. The study also found that men under 25 had higher levels of HIV-related stress than did men older 25, Um, and so that suggests that young men in particular may really stand to benefit from this. You know, not only are they less likely to contract HIV, but there's also kind of this bonus uh, side effect that they are, you know, going to have less anxiety um, related to their sexual health. Um, This was a study based in Australia, Um, definitely interesting and worth checking out. In our next story, major policy announcements from AMA. The American Medical Association, or AMA, adopted new policies on LGBT issues this month, including calling for inclusion of sexual orientation and gender identity in electronic healthcare records. This is a huge issue because right now um, many hospitals and doctor's offices and whatnot don't know uh, which patients they're serving are LGBTQ and which aren't. And of course, we know LGBT folks have all sorts of different types of risks um, and um, strengths compared to the general population. Um, And so, you know, this is really important information for our healthcare providers to have. So calling for that inclusion is great. And if there's more of that happening, um, you know, slowly over time, that's also a great source of data uh, on the aggregate level. So, you know, you can imagine a hospital evaluating and seeing, you know, do, do its LGBT patients, um, are they less likely to be insured? Um, are they less likely to come back for a follow-up visit? And what does that tell them about what they need to do to, to better serve that population? Some of the other policies um, included uh, support for uh, banning conversion therapy and also um, support for increased training on LGBT issues, which is also important because having data is useless if folks don't know or don't care to do anything about it. So altogether, some really positive policies coming out of that AMA meeting. Next up, Queer Men Keen on HPV Vaccine. A new study led by Christopher Weldon found that 67% of queer men over 26 were likely to initiate HPV vaccine if the CDC were to recommend it to them. Currently, the vaccine, which can prevent cancer and therefore save lives, is only recommended to people through age 26. A lot of people, um, including a lot of LGBT health advocates, think that this would be something beneficial for people of all ages, and I think um, 
especially right now, uh, you know, queer men have been ignored for so long um, in being vaccinated for HPV, despite having a much uh, higher risk than other men. And so the idea that, you know, why why shouldn't we go ahead and vaccinate people, um, even when they're a little bit older? I think that idea is definitely picking up some steam. And this article uh, definitely seems to show that the interest is there. In our next story, Honoring Trans Lives with Action. Psychology Today marked Transgender Day of Remembrance by discussing the public health issues that the community faces today, many of them relating back to violence, discrimination, and the stress that comes with that. The author of the piece says that the role of the public health field should be to educate others on how systemic discrimination leads to negative and inequitable health outcomes. I definitely think that that's a great role for the public health community uh, to take on. Next up, record number of cities score high. Reuters reported that a record number of cities scored 100% on HRC's annual Municipal Equality Index, which measures things like local LGBT anti-discrimination and inclusion policies. Back in 2012, when they started doing this Equality Index, only 11 cities received a 100 score, and now, seven years later, 88 have achieved that number. They also saw a modest rise in the uh, national average um, over the past year from all of the cities that participate. Um, the average rose from a 58 score to a 60 score. Finally this week, transgender people in rural America. Movement Advancement Project published a very in-depth and interesting report on trans people living in rural areas in the U.S., Research has shown that trans people are just as likely as cisgender people to be living in rural areas, Um, even though I think the perception is definitely that trans folks and LGBT folks in general are more likely to live in in cities. Um, However, while trans folks are well represented in the rural areas, they're definitely having some challenges according to the report. Um, It finds that they are more likely to have a disability, more likely to be living with HIV than their neighbors, um, and trans folks in these areas are also less likely to have health insurance than their cisgender neighbors. Um, So, you know, when we think about the discrimination, the stigma that they might face, the fact that healthcare resources are just dispersed in general in rural areas, um, and then the fact that trans folks, um, you know, are apparently less likely to have health insurance, all of that combines to say that you know there's some complex healthcare um, needs that trans folks in rural areas are definitely facing. Well, that does it for another edition of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. I hope that you have enjoyed this week's uh, stories. And if you have and you're looking to check out some of these articles or reports for yourself, just head over to blog.lgbthealthlink.org where we have a written version of the Roundup that includes links to everything that we have talked about. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you'll tune in again next week.